We at the Unsolicited Advice Column acknowledge that this podcast is recorded on the unceded land of the Darug people. We value the wise, courageous and resilient culture of Australia's First Nations peoples and acknowledge their significant connection to land, sea and community. Always was, always will be Aboriginal land. Hey, I'm Nicole. And I'm Ellie. We're best mates in our 30s who are learning how to parent, love a good chat and dishing out unsolicited advice. We want to be a friend in your pocket or in your earbuds who will learn with you and that you can have a laugh with. All right. Welcome to the Unsolicited Advice Podcast. Hi. Hey. How are you? I'm good. How are you going? I am doing all right after my week of no social. Well, somewhat no social. Yeah. Yeah. Look, I'm really glad we did the ban. It was a learning experience. It was a good experiment. Do I want to do it again? No. I feel like I could easily do it again because it turns out my problem is not actually social media. It's just finding mundane ways to fill my time. Yeah. So to be completely honest, I'll put all my cards on the table. Put them out there. Um, I gave up Instagram and Facebook, which are my time sucks. Yep. Uh, but I did have to maintain a couple of things with work, but I only did them during work hours or like for work-related things. That's very good. So like LinkedIn and stuff. Um, but LinkedIn isn't social media, is it? Well, it's there's still interaction. But like did you give up Facebook and Instagram or did you give up social media? Well, I think for this we said we were giving up social media, but I think I stipulated in the in the – the previous episode that I did have to, I still needed to use some for work. Otherwise I would lose my job. <laughs> yeah, I think you did too. Did um, we talk about it in an episode? I think we did. Oh, cool. Okay. But what I did instead was, I don't know if you guys have ever heard of a game called Spider. It's a bit like Solitaire, except that instead of matching like the opposite colored suits, it has to be in order of the same suit. It's really important detail. That's why I'm adding it here. It's very confusing when you plan to try and play it. Anyway, I got stuck using it on a treadmill one day because I was trying to distract myself. And then I was like, oh, great. I can use this to distract myself every time I go to the gym. Then I download it on my phone. And that is what I spent the hour and whatever I would normally spend on social doing. I just spent so, an hour and whatever on freaking spider. You just found a game to replace social media. Yes. And then I had to delete it off my phone. And then I found another game on my phone called Fishdom, where the Fish-dom. fish blows up and then they blow up all the things. And then you have to, yeah, basically, dumb. <laughs> so then, then I had, and then, and then when you get points with Fishdom, you then get to like buy fish for your aquarium. It's so dumb, Nicole. <laughs> So I would stupid. like, can I suggest that that's actually worse than social media? I think it is. Because can I, I feel like that's, that dearly on Instagram, the algorithm understands me. So it actually gives me somewhat educational content. It gives yes. me like, I'm big into my finance stuff. So it gives me lots of tips for those kind of things. Yep. Yep. And it gives me like, I follow a lot of like Washington Post and the Times and that kind of yep. stuff. So I get lots of news. So to me, much more educational than <laughs> fish blowing up jellyfish. Like what? <laughs> this is so stupid. Anyway, so that's how I went. Oh, I thought my confession was going to be bad, but I think yours is actually worse. I'm really sorry to be judgy, <laughs> but like fishdom sounds terrible. <laughs> it is. No one get it. It's free, so you're not losing any money, but just like don't bother. Oh my god, that's awesome. Um, 
yeah, so I swapped out social media or Instagram and Facebook, as I later found out, because I didn't know that Pinterest was <laughs> technically social media. For me, it's not social because I'm not sharing anything with anybody and I'm not connecting with any people. I'm just looking at pictures and I had to look up like a, a fern garden. So like I looked up the fern garden and then I rolled into this thing called mid-size fashion that I was really obsessed with. Oh my gosh. I'm into that mid-size fashion. Yeah. If I follow someone, I'll send it. Like at the moment, I'm probably sitting at about a 12 in my pants Mm -hmm. and it's just like my body's just changed in its shape. Mm -hmm. And I like my clothes, my pre-mum clothes don't really fit. Mm -hmm. So I'm learning all over again how to dress for my my new shape. Yeah. I find it really tricky actually. Like I don't know, like things don't fit the way they used to fit and tops that used to look really good on me don't actually suit me anymore. Oh. Like I've got to find a whole new way to dress. Thank God it's the season of like loosey-goosey, which I'm really rating. Yeah, me too. I love, I love that. it. The, the open linen shirt, the linen it's pants. It's like easy breezy, like, you know, oh. it's not all tight and stuck on your body. Love it. Doesn't show sweat. I love it. Like, yeah. I also, I love the aesthetic because it just feels very cool and casual. Which is you. <laughs> oh, oh, thanks. It's cool. Actually, yeah, I would This is how I rocked up, guys. It's not how I'd ever describe myself as cool, but like I appreciate oh, I that you cool. would associate that adjective with me is quite a compliment. <laughs> so yeah, so I got into like mid-size aesthetic, mid-size fashion, few things on Pinterest. But actually, I found I find the mid-size stuff is actually better on Instagram than it is on yes. Pinterest. I'll send you this person. She's I quite like her stuff. She just like shows you simple ways of like wearing a t-shirt and leggings and then she just does a couple of things and they're really simple and you think wow that is actually a complete outfit now yes not the homeless look that i it's, normally is go it for. that video that's like the difference between wearing like an outfit and styling and an she's outfit. got dark hair mm, there's a lot of them with dark hair yeah. i'm not sure but my question for pinterest is technically there is a social element. What's the social element? Because you can sh- you can share stuff and pin things from other people's boards and then you get like the hit of people think you're cool because they will pin your things from your boards. Okay. I actually didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> so we will give you a pass this okay, time. Okay, <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you, thank um, you. I really, yeah, but I just swapped it out. I just swapped out Instagram and Facebook for that. And, and I cannot tell you how many times, Ellie, I opened up Facebook and Instagram by mistake. Really? Like just clicked it and then realized like 10 seconds in, like I'm scrolling and then I'm like, <gasps> get me off. Do you know what I found on my phone? And I don't know. I thought it was um, Jenko that told me this, but it maybe it was someone at work. But there was a setting in my phone where I, and I called it no social and you can go through and click the apps that you want to appear for you and every other app gets grayed out it might be an android thing but every other app gets grayed out and you can't actually access it while you're in that mode yeah so even if i went to click on it it was really clear that it wasn't active because it was grayed out and so i i couldn't actually ever go and accidentally open on my iphone it's like you time you can put a time limit on apps oh yeah you can do but that you too. can't like completely close them off unless you kind of delete them from your screen oh. so i put a, a, a one minute time limit on each of those apps so like if i was on it for a minute it would click in and be like you've reached your time limit for today for, oh, for so social got, media got to get a lot in that 60 seconds then oh. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah so that kind of then graded out mm-hmm. 
but it didn't, um, it wasn't great out immediately. So like, it was such a habit. This mm. is the thing, like social media for me is such a habit that I'm like, is that really healthy or normal? Like it's probably perfectly normal, but like, is it actually healthy for me to be that addicted to social media that I don't even realize I'm clicking the button? It's actually not social media that's the problem. Is it like this mundane kind of brain suck kind of flashing, whatever it might be, because we both just replaced what we were doing with something else. So I still, I thought I was going to gain all this time back. Did I? Absolutely not. I still lost that same amount of time just on another useless activity. Yes, I did the same thing. I had these dreams of like, I'm going to replace social media with reading a book. Mm -hmm. And, um, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't read a book. I didn't, I touched a book that week, thought it was a bit cheesy and put it down oh. and was like, I'm not reading, I'm not wasting my time reading this crap. Um, and I'm pretty judgy about that. I'm pretty judgy about the yeah. books that I read. Yeah. Like if I'm not into it in the first, I, I heard that Lee Sales, mm-hmm. you know, 7.30 report, Lee Sales, mm-hmm. She gives a book 50 pages and if she doesn't read it by the end of 50 pages, she stops reading it because it's not worth her time. Mm. And that is just my motto when it comes to books. Like (laughs) if I'm not reading it in 50 pages, why would I bother? Mm, I like it. It gave me permission to do that because I thought if you started a book, you had to finish it until she said that. And then I was like, no, you don't. I I actually couldn't tell you a book that I disliked so much that I couldn't them reading the rest of it because I just need to know what happens what I probably would have done is I would have skipped and just read the end I wouldn't have read the middle because I just needed to know how it ended I probably did that a lot as a kid I watched the movie of a book somebody loaned me recently somebody <gasps> loaned me a book and I said I would read it but you watched the movie I st- I've read the first three or four pages and I knew that it was going to be a massive waste of my time I'm talking we're talking the quality of this book was like reading a piece of fan fiction. Like it was very poor. Can I very book that we all know? It's been released on Amazon Prime as like a wonderful homoerotic story. Are you going to know the name or are we not allowed to know the name? Because you don't want to offend the person. I actually can't think of it now. Yes, I can. Oh, no, I don't think the person listens to our podcast. And I'm really sorry if you do, because I pretended I did read it. <gasps> You'd be my liar. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't say I loved it. Like I didn't say I read it. You did. To be not a lie, you started reading it. I started reading it. So you read some of it. And when he asked how it was going, I was like, it's not great. It's not, it's not exactly literature, is it? <laughs> and like, just kind of, you know. Anyway, I, have to, I haven't returned the book to him yet and I have to do that. So then you'll have to tell him he has to listen to the podcast so you can hear what you truly What I thought. really thought of it. No, I'm not going to tell him. But um, but can I say what I do appreciate is when someone loves a book that they share it with people because that is something that I think is really lovely and not everyone's going to yeah. like the same books as each other. Yeah. But people do feed off when someone comes to you and they're like, this book was fantastic, it was I, you like get excited about reading yeah yeah and it kind of and even if it falls a bit flat after that it doesn't matter does it because like you're reading something out of love for somebody else as well like there's that combination of like I love you and I care about the books that you 
like to read. You're building relationships when you yes. do that. I, so think. I think it's lovely oh, that. Oh, now I feel bad about not reading no, this book. No, no. What but I really s- just didn't. I just, I couldn't. It was just such crap writing. I don't have time for that sort of crap writing in my life. I don't. I just, I, like, I don't want to be judgy about it. And I, I, I actually am very open-minded when it comes to read what whatever you want to read because I'm an English teacher and I find it very hard to get kids to read Mm -hmm. and I don't want to be judgy about literature, right? Because I actually think that part of the problem is that we say this is good literature, this is crap literature, and we put it on this spectrum of like what's good, what's not. I do believe that there's like writing that is beautiful, that's crafted, that's thoughtful, that's that's artistic, mm-hmm. right? And I think there's a scale there and you can you can be a bit snobby about some writing having more artistic value than other writing. But don't you ever just read some things and think, wow, I am on this journey, I am feeling everything yeah, that's you're happening Yeah, it's transported, right? You can't yeah. stop thinking about it. It's yeah. writing... It's writing that kind of, I love that concept of writing that comes at something from a brand new angle that makes you think of it in a totally new way. Mm-hmm. If you, if writing for me that is really good writing, take something really mundane, it makes you rethink everyday elements of your life. It makes you rethink things like, you know, they could write about brushing your teeth and you'd still be like, that's a really interesting take on that, you know? Or oh, I like when they find ways to describe things that are really probably left of centre ways of describing yeah. like an emotion or an experience, but you understand in that moment exactly and you can you can almost feel that emotion or you can imagine that experience so vividly because the way they have described it is has just or like even I read um Marcus Suzak. Yeah. Did he write Bridge of Bridge of Clay? Yes. Yeah. I didn't I like I started reading that and then I put it it's one of the ones I put down actually because I was like, oh damn, like I just damn. Didn't, I didn't like immediately love it. I'm sure if I'd persevered with it, like it's sitting on my bookshelf, I probably should give it another go. It was very similar to his first book. The way that he describes things, he has just a knack for being able to describe things in this really what I think is quite a unique way. Mm. But it describes all the plates in the drying rack as as the opera house. And that I'm not doing it justice because that's not the phrase that he used. Mm. But that he references the opera house on on the countertop. And you could you knew exactly, you know exactly what he was talking to. about. Yeah. And it was just this really it was just Clever, just clever, and mm. I, I, I like, I like that. Yeah, I like that too. I'm actually so I picked up. I think I picked it up this morning, or if it wasn't this morning, it was yesterday. And I feel like my days are blending because <laughs> the baby's naps and sleeps a little bit, a little bit higgledy piggledy at the moment. Um, but yeah, I picked up um, burialites, mm. which is like mm. I've heard so much about this book, and. Like I've heard about it, heard about it, heard about it, had no idea what it was about. Mm-hmm. I've just, everybody's like, oh, my God, have you not read it? Oh, my God. <laughs> and, like, I'm like, no, I haven't read it, okay? Like I've been reading a lot of, like, stuff for work and stuff for my master's and 
I haven't read Burial Rites from 2013. I absolutely should have. Anyway, I absolutely should have. Like it is so good and I'm like, I don't know, 80 pages in and I don't want to stop reading Mm -hmm. it. Like did I think about cancelling making this podcast with you tonight so I could keep (laughs) reading it? Maybe I did. Um, I'm joking. Um, Am I? Um, No, it's amazing. (laughs) Like I'm loving it and I just I have this immediate affinity with this woman who is, you know, core to the events of the novel and just like the multi-perspective and then changing nobody does this well from third person to first person seamlessly Mm. it's so good and then it's interspersed with like some letters so it's just like this really interesting textured piece of writing that I'm just enjoying so much that I don't want to stop reading it and I know that the complexity that it's created with that texture is is being emulated in the plot like it's just mm, good writing it absolutely is you know I read it when it came out in 2013 yeah okay I went to drop that in there um but I had gone to the Sydney Rice Festival to see someone else and she was on the panel. And Hannah Kent. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And she was very young. Mm. And well, at the time she felt like she was very young. Yeah. She was in her early 20s. I don't know how old she is. Um, so I bought it and I was in a bit of a rush of, you know, when you like haven't read anything good for a while. Yeah. And I sometimes, if I haven't read anything good for a while, I fall into the trap of maybe kind of reading what I would describe as trash, like just crap. That's yeah. not particularly rewarding or interesting. And I read Burial Rites and it was a, a t- honestly a turning point for me of getting back into, it sounds Good really fiction. Lame, good fiction. Real, I say literature, yeah. but complex writing that doesn't have some big bang in the middle and end really happily yeah. and everyone's happy and clapping and off you go. You are truly being taken on a journey and nothing I mean stuff obviously stuff happens in the book but it's not you know you're not reading Harry Potter where there's battle scenes and and this is happening and all all this stuff is at stake it's just real world stuff and I just remember putting it down thinking and this is 10 years later I remember putting it down thinking that is one of the best books that I have read in a long time and I was thinking Ellie you need to start reading more books like this like stop looking for those kind of hit fiction just ticking box kind of ones yeah you know everyone reads them look for the ones that actually change how you view the world yeah change how you think i was pretty pleased that she was an australian author (laughs) yeah well like reading it like it's set in iceland yeah she knows so much about Iceland like I um I picked up Richard Feidler's book from a few years ago and he did wrote it with another man I'm not sure what his name was but um the site's called Saga Land mm-hmm. and so I read a bit of that and like I actually just found it to be two guys who really just wanted to go on a holiday together <laughs> like like the bits about them and their travels through Iceland I found a bit dull but I found the sagas, the way they had written the sagas, really interesting. I think I have read it. You know, I said to you before that I yeah. don't think I have, but I yeah. think I have. Because yeah. I remember, I think, just reading the sagas. I, yeah, so I've skipped the bits. I just, yes. like, I like I got to the point where I was like, no. Nah. 
boring guys, but like the saga bits, really good. Like Halgard, I think her name was. Like girl yeah. power, like rains fire on her husband kind of thing. Because, great, like, yeah. yeah, it's really good. But it's good. when I went to Iceland. Oh, yeah, because you've been. Yes. Yeah. And it is phenomenal. I would recommend is probably the place that I have been that I felt the most like I was on another planet. It was a landscape that I had never experienced. And I've, I've travelled to a few different places. Are there no trees in Iceland? There really aren't a lot of trees, no. There, yes. There are, like, there are, there is, there's really not a lot of trees. This this is what I think, because I remember this in the Saga Land book, something about there being so few trees. So, like, if you're in Iceland, you need your trees, like, for shipbuilding yeah. to come from another country. Like, it's kind of like, yeah, it really is like a, a weird space in that you can't really live there without support. But it is actually, because the population is so small, it's one of the only countries that is entirely self-sustaining, that they produce enough food that in theory they could feed their entire population and be self-sustainable. Oh, that's really fascinating. Um, but <laughs> they have the highest number of uh, Nobel Prize laureates for literature per capita than any other country because they have won. <laughs> I thought you were going to say it's because of that tradition in Iceland where you give a book on Christmas Eve and everyone reads because I thought they might be a really literate population because they have this really beautiful <laughs> tradition where on Christmas that Eve would be so lovely. They, give, <laughs> they give each other a book and everybody reads on Christmas do Eve. Do they do that then? Yeah, I believe so. I believe that's Icelandic tradition, yeah. Oh, yeah, gosh, yeah, yeah. It might be Danish. I might have learned about it from that Huga. Scandinavians. Yeah. yeah, but in general, the um, that like let's face it, Norway, Denmark, Sweden, Finland, Sweden, Finland, Iceland—they've got it going on, don't they? They've got like good stuff going on with like gender. They've got good stuff going on with like socialism. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't want to say bring it here, but bring <laughs> it know? here. As a side, KB said to me the other day. We were having a very heated argument about something related to Australian politics. And that's just a really long pause. <laughs> I want to unpack this so it's much. Really I'll leave pause. you to be vague about it. Oh, no, it wasn't like – I don't th- – we weren't arguing with each other. Oh. I, we were, oh. I think, having a heated debate about what we thought should be happening in the country. Got it. And um, it was a really long pause and KB just goes, you know – I think you might be a socialist. And I was like, yeah. Yeah. Ellie, <laughs> we definitely are. Like, I found out that Sally Rooney is a socialist. And now I'm like, oh, well, I must also be a socialist. Like, because you, yeah. you connect so deeply. Yeah, because with her. I just, like, well, yeah, I, I agree with her politics. Like, I love it. But um, yeah, I think socialism has got a bad shtick, bad rap. And I don't think that it's nearly as bad as it as people think it is. What's a really well-known socialist society? Sweden? Yeah, I think so. Let's Google that. Is Sweden a socialist society? Do you know my favourite example of all the different ists for, I don't know what they're called, what are they called, um, types of society, um, is that cow example? Do you know the cow, the, the Aussie mm, free cow, who's mm, like, mm, a farmer has a cow and in capitalism he sells his cow's milk and has to pay the fee or whatever. Yeah, like, yeah I like it. That's my favourite one. So apparently nor- this, this foreignpolicy.com, a really reliable website, says <laughs> Nordic countries aren't actually socialist. 
Nordic nations, and especially Sweden, did embrace socialism between around 1970 and 1990. During the past 30 years, however, both conservative dot, dot, dot. What is, I want to know more. Oh, they move towards the centre. Well, that's really fascinating. I still think that socialism has a role to play in Australian politics and it's not yet been realised. I think people hear social socialist and they get really scared. But to me, it's the idea of looking after if we're all happy and we're all well, then as a society, we're better. Because I think we were talking about, it was something about if you invest in um, the people that need support, what that means is that they don't rely on the systems as much. So if you can support people to get healthy, they don't have to go into hospitals and therefore you don't have to pay so many fees because we have a public health system. If you can look after people so that they don't need at-home care, that's another way to not have a burden on the system. If you can look after people to ensure that they have some level of employment or they have long-term, they can support themselves after they stop working, that's less of an impact on the system. And like initial spend has long-term gain. Yes, I think what it really needs is, is vision, right, for the future. It needs yes. an, an, a big upfront investment, but it pays long-term dividends. So a country like Australia, I think the problem is that socialism doesn't work. And I think there's a really good example of that is, do you remember like shared bikes and oh, yeah. scooters and yeah. like what we did to them? Yeah. Well, the, and they worked so well in the UK. They work so well in other countries where they have respect for shared things right but like we don't as a nation have this concept of of sharing and like of just a general kind of respect like in Singapore I think they're really successful right Mm. but in a country like Australia we're like we'll just dump it like yeah throw it into the river accent (laughs) or just dump it like who cares (laughs) Hang on, because in a it. in a country like like in a in a <laughs> in Australia, we're like just dump it, like it's fine. We don't even need it. We don't we don't take responsibility. I I realized this so profoundly when I went to Japan. In Japan, they don't have public rubbish bins everywhere. You know how we have rubbish bins everywhere. Yeah, and people everywhere. still can't manage to use them. Correct. In Japan. They don't have rubbish bins everywhere. They're really hard to find. A public bin is really hard to find because the expectation is you take your rubbish with you. And then they have these people. I saw a Coke bottle on the ground and then I saw this woman ride by on a bicycle with a bag on her back. She scooped it up with a scooper thingy, put the bottle in her bag and just kept riding. And I think she was employed to oh. keep... <laughs> oh, sorry. It wasn't, she wasn't just like a good Samaritan. She like was employed to keep the area tidy. But, like, there's a real sense of responsibility, right? Like, right. this is a shared space, so we are all responsible for the space. You are responsible for your rubbish. I am responsible for my rubbish. We all look after our own things and nobody puts their rubbish in a public bin or on the ground. So the other thing that they do in Japan is um, school kids clean the school at the end of the day. <sighs> so they don't pay cleaners. The kids do it. Yes, I love that. I just think that sense of responsibility is instilled in children. Because if you draw on the desk, you got to clean it up. Yeah, exactly. Like you're like you are responsible for your space. Whereas kids, like 
I can't believe the rubbish that can be left in the playground at school or, like, the way that, you know, the toilets could be treated. Like, it's kind of phenomenal Mm -hmm. um, the difference there. And it's cultural. We have a real sense of that's not my responsibility, that's not my job, Mm -hmm. and a disrespect for things but also for space and Mm. a real sense of entitlement like it's not my it's not my issue it's not my problem yeah and I think that that like that means that as a society in terms of sharing and stuff we just we can't have shared things we can't have things like these beautiful shared bikes Mm. because people don't look after them Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. and I think that that kind of says a lot about us as a nation it does yeah yeah throw away interesting yeah i know how do we get onto this well we did start with social media so what a journey books (laughs) we jumped on so many things that we just took us a hot minute to get back to this is but this is very us actually i would say that train um yeah so i'm loving burial how would you pronounce the word Burial, burial, burial. I would have said said burial rights. Burial. But it probably is burial rights. I say burial and then I'm like, hang on a second. Do you also say Muriel because that's how it's spelled? It's spelled. (laughs) I I say it as it's spelled. Yeah. Burial. Because we we say you don't bury a a body. No, you you bury a body. So with the youngest, because she's five, Mm. she's learning to read. Mm. So we have these like flashcard things that I can't think what they're called. The phonemes? And they've got different words and then you go up the levels and they've it's sight sight words. Sight words, yeah. And um it's so funny because she knows all these things like, oh, that's a bossy E and that's how she learns that's how she knows what sound is of the That's vowel. phonetic, so yeah. I, I don't. I actually don't know anything about how to teach kids to read because oh. even though I'm an English teacher, I've got no idea. No, because it's Europe, but you're in high school. Correct. So, but this is. But I, I intend to learn because I want to teach my son to read. I absolutely want to teach him to read. Well, we've got all these. We've got six billion friggin' flash things for you. Brilliant. Um, but it's so funny because I sometimes the kids have a better understanding of how language is constructed than I do because yes. I've just done things automatically for so many years. And because I write for a living, you just kind of pick things up. Yeah. But you don't understand the rule behind it. So like yes. with burial, burial, I actually don't know which one What's is correct. So I don't know what the rule is. Yeah. And that's but apparently phonetics has come back in vogue. Apparently um, it was out of vogue for a while and now it has its back in vogue. Is it about articulating? Uh, it's like it's just like about knowing the rules for words and letters and, and how to pronounce sounds. It's the sounds. Sounds based. Is there a learning. common sound that people mess up? I'm sure there's plenty. I've got a great one mate, that my dad thoroughly dislikes. What is it? Um, when people say something. I'm with your dad on that because it's clearly a G, so it yeah. should be something. He always, always gone, something, something. He goes, something. Like it's just like this. He just, <laughs> gets really upset about it. He gets really <laughs> that. And um, children these days, these days, oh, my gosh, they're great. These and, days? Do um, they, dearie? I didn't know. And he also gets really upset about the word fifth. Because actually, there's a lot of people who go fifth, fifth, like F I F T. Oh, fifth. like like fifty. Yeah, but it, say fifth. It's fourth, fifth, fifth. and is fifth. 
fifth. I came fifth. I say fifth, as in F I F. Yes. But oh. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even say the letters. F I T H. Fifth. Yes, yeah, see, that would know. Mm. Why didn't they make a sound? Why didn't they make that a letter? F-I-F. <laughs> Do we need to loop back to social media? Maybe we should probably get back to social media. I feel like we've kind of wandered down a bit of a funny path. Yeah, we did start with social media. We, we did intend to talk this whole episode about our attempt to give up social media and then we suddenly started talking about socialism. So that was a bit of a leap. Yeah. <laughs> Socialism, social media. I, I Social's in the word. It's there. I Do you know what I do think is really disheartening about social media is I watch videos in a day. I send a lot of them to my husband and then he'll <laughs> talk about them and I won't remember. <gasps> no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I won't remember what he's talking about. And then I'm like, I liked that video so much that I could not possibly share it with you. Right, like, yeah, like in that moment, I had to share it with him because I try to be pretty limiting about what I send to him because he's often complaining about how, oh my god, I've got so many from you, I'll never catch up. Send them to me, I love them. Like, oh, I'm I'll so send funny. them to you. Um, but I send them to him, and then, and then he's talking about them, and I'm like, what? What are you talking about? And then I watch it again. I'm like, oh, I did watch that earlier today what well, yes i think that I might be more baby brain than anything else no that's just me in general i've just got a really terrible memory but i think it's it again it's just like for me it's just filling dead space in my brain it's not actually i'm not even i'm not even present enough while i'm scrolling to remember it. to remember it so kb and i will send we the same things and heaps of stuff to each other but often what we are sending each other, the other person has already, already seen in their feed. And I think because we're sending things, it is kind of amal- is amalgamating the right word, us into one it knows you together. being. It and knows. it's just showing us the same yeah. the same things. I get so offended when I send something to Jenko. And he's seen it. And he whips around and he's like, I've already seen it. I'm like what do you mean i sent it to you because i think it's really funny and you saw it and you didn't think i would think it was really funny you didn't think of me when you i thought of you when i saw it (laughs) you didn't think of me when you saw it what's the deal with that you dodgy dodgy (laughs) husband i think kb does that but often it's the slightly um the crass ones that he doesn't want he knows that sometimes I will just roll my eyes and go, oh, that's meh. But if I send it to him, he's like, oh, it's in the clear. I can laugh at it now. <laughs> because there are some some things that are it will purely depend on the day as to whether I think it's um, funny or whether I think it's horribly offensive. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm probably the same. Sometimes Jenko will tell me a joke or whatever and I'm like, that's funny. And then other days I'll be like, oh, disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> Don't be gross. <laughs> yes. I find the science of it really fascinating. Mm-hmm. And, like, I haven't looked into this heaps, but I do know that it's dopamine that's mm-hmm. the problem, right? Like that when you pick up your phone and you scroll for a bit, you're getting a bit of a dopamine hit or you get notifications on social media and it's a dopamine hit. 
but it's also an immediate reward because, you know, the way that life works, you're not often immediately rewarded for things that you do. Mm. You often have to wait or sometimes it's just – it. Or there's yeah. no reward. It's just something good that you thought was funny yeah. or whatever. Yeah. But the thing with social media is it provides an immediate response because generally when you post stuff, you'll immediately get somebody will like it. Yeah. Or you'll immediately get a comment or – me not Which, I didn't popular. get any comments. I posted that thing about women. Oh my god, I love that quote so much from Adrian Rich. Mm-hmm. Um, I posted that, and I was like, in my caption, I was like, my question was like, who has been, um, who has changed your view of your limitations or whatever in your life? I got a few likes, and then crickets. Nobody commented. Nobody told me. I think it's actually. How far down in the post was the question? Was the question at the top of the post? It wasn't. I think you probably need to put the question at the top of the post. Okay, yeah. And then it was a lot of reading because it was the whole quote and then it was my caption as well. Yeah, it's a lot of reading. It's a lot of reading. <laughs> What's well, more reading than most people are doing on a, on a scroll, right? Oh, I read. I, Do you I read all the details? It depends, but... I think my Instagram feed would probably surprise some people because it's really not, I don't think, a standard Instagram feed. I think there's a lot of... You think you're so special, do you? (laughs) It's curated just for me to come. Curated. I want to see your content. Show me. I want to see what you get in comparison. Okay, let's do a swap. All right, and we'll describe. Well, this is really sad because my first one is from history photographed and it's a picture of all the all the Kardashian um, Jennings families in Lycra. So that's a really like that's a bit of a low point. But it is history photographed. Okay, which is my a- first one is, oh, it's a post about that terrible tragedy that's just unfolded in Sydney. Oh, okay. It's okay. You go through yeah. yours and I'll go. All right. So we'll do, let's, let's scroll down we'll like s- we'll 10 things. Get the vibes. Yeah. That's an ad. Oh, this one's nice. Just remember, tomorrow is a new day. So that's quite inspiring. This one is Australia could become the first country to ban engineered stone. ABC News. I don't follow oh, them. I'd yeah, like to follow them. Like, yeah, you should follow them. They're quite good. Get a lot of the headlines very quickly. All right, you've got Blacktown City Council. Nah. I don't know. Yeah, women's agenda, very sophisticated. Okay, another tragic news item. Another ad. Something about it's golf. a lot of ads very quickly. Yeah, you've got lots of ads too. Uh, and big surprise here, Ellie, we rate dogs. <laughs> <laughs> Would recommend. It's a great page. Really cute. This is a lot of ABC news stuff. Girls that invest. Another news one. News. Another ad. A lot of suggested posts. There's a lot of ads here. You've got a lot of ads too, actually. Have they just changed their algorithm? You have a lot of suggested You're posts. So many ads. Like how many ads? One. Okay. I'll tell two. you how many ads and suggested posts you've had. Three. You've got four in like ten posts. You've had six, seven, probably in about a dozen posts, but that includes suggested posts, which I feel are ads. Under twelve posts, you've got four ads. Wow, that's probably you probably have the same. That's a lot. That's an interesting gut. See, so that is that not an interesting statistic to look at in terms of how much is really for you and how much is it really a advertising way of, that's been targeted at yeah, you. Yeah, and a way of capturing you so that they can send you ads. Remember yeah. how wonderful Instagram was when it was just your friends posting on it? 
and it was just one after the other and it was in chronological order of this, like whoever yes. posted latest. First, yeah. yeah. This one is about how to wear dad sandals. It's a post about a woman, how she should wear dad sandals. Which actually, actually, I've definitely clicked that. That Like I'm I'm almost snatching my phone off you to be yeah. like, I'd love to see because that. Because that is um, – I'm not even surprised. Yeah. Another ad. Can I check your reels now? Now oh, that I've yeah, just seen it. your your feed. The block? Oh, I'm obsessed. Did I not tell you about this? Oh, I think you did actually. Yeah. I'm completely obsessed with the block. I know that it's reality TV. My theory is that because I'm deprived of a workplace and all the intricacies of a of a of and goings on of a workplace this year, mm. that I'm looking for that kind of interpersonal drama in television. Mm. I mean, it's not great. The show is it's dreadful. Like, and it's exploiting like genuine awful stuff that's happening in between these contestants. As like, this is good TV. But is it, is it, am I riveted? I absolutely am. I do like um, house shows though. I do like watching renovation shows. Oh, wow. Yours is really quite crass. Add. Oh, I'm going to do this. I'm going to count. Okay. I'm going to do ads I get. Okay. I'm going to do yours too. Okay. You got four. Oh, this looks great. Romanticizing Melbourne. That looks awesome. Another ad. Oh, but it's an ad. (laughs) I thought it was just somebody's post, but it's an ad. I got this, but you just got a post that I got the other day. Oh, my gosh. I also got this the other day. So it is a woman who makes sculptures um, using um, people send powdered breast milk or powdered semen. In that instance, she was making a sculpture out of a powdered semen sample that someone had sent her. And honestly, when you first start watching it, you're like, sorry, what? What? Uh, no. What? And then she's like, what was she called? Like the jizz clay. And you're like, oh, no, okay. That, I did hear she what did, I thought. I did hear what I heard. Oh, my God, that's really concerning. That's really weird. Yours is mostly news other than the jizz clay lady. But <laughs> yeah. Your feed was mostly news-related stuff. Yeah, really interesting. This was all over the place. But, like, that's basically my brain. (laughs) things. Do you ever um, look over KB's shoulder while he's scrolling and get sucked in by his content? Yeah, except that it's funny watching somebody else scroll because because does they skip does he skip the videos you'd watch yes yeah so does jenko or sometimes the speed at which she decides he's not going to watch something yeah i'm like now that'd intrigue me i I would watch it longer (laughs) yeah that's really interesting but i reckon we we would scroll if we were to sit and scroll together on one of our phones i reckon you and i would probably watch the same things maybe how else can you get a dopamine hit like going for a run not, oh, you're going to ask me how my running is going. Uh, how is it going? I haven't run this week because. No listen. judgment, Ellie. We we have a goal. We want to run five Ks. Oh, this is going to be a story. I used to run. I used to just pop on my shoes, run down the street, and off I go. I have never been that person. I ever. tried to follow the app. It was like walk for five minutes, which I did. And then it went run and I panicked and I went to run and it was as though my legs were confused by the concept 
and I like this weird limp stumble thing and then it turns out that because I'm old that that did something to my hip and then I had hip problems I did a few of the like sprint things and it wasn't until I got about the fourth of the eight sprints of the day that I actually felt fine yep now what I do is I warm up beforehand like I'm talking hip swings and all that kind of business instead of just going from a walk to a run I kind of progress up through to a jog yeah and then I actually instead of I don't stop and start but I will just continuously run through all the walks and jogs until I can't walk, I can't run and I need to actually stop. When I say run, it's more of a jog I was to the say, end. Yeah, my, my running, I don't think anyone would call it running. <laughs> I call it running, but it's um, a shuffle. <laughs> yeah, mine is too. So I found that if I just consistently kept it at like a soft pace. Yeah it was a bit more comfortable, but my hip is still sore because I think the very first time that I did it, you died yourself. I did something to myself. And I went to the, I've gone to the osteo and she's looked at it and she's like, oh, man, he really doesn't like you. And I was like, does this mean that I can't run? She's like, no, it just means you just have to do it differently. But what she did tell me, which I didn't realise, was that from your mid-20s, your is that's kind of when your bones stop growing and they finally all fuse together Mm. so for most of your life before that point you have a bit of give in your bones so when you're like running or or whatever and you're impacting on the ground your bones actually have a little bit of give in them but once they get to that point where they're all fused you don't have any give in your bones so it's just going to go impacting into the joint now it jars your joints so but I totally get why people press on with it because I get such a dopamine hit when I do go for a run, right? Like I like I'm I'm doing air quotes for a run because I <laughs> I am doing the interval training. I'm doing like um it's a minute and a half this week and then t- of running, running mm-hmm. <laughs> and then um two minutes of walking. But I even did it with the pram the other day. <gasps> I know. Fancy. We went out together because I wasn't sure how I was going to fit in in this week. And I was like, oh, I'll just take him out for a walk. And then as I was walking, I was like, I actually think I could probably run around the park where I like near where I live. It's got a pretty smooth path. And I thought, oh, I'm not going to like, I won't risk, I won't be risky, but I'll just try it and see. And it was really smooth. It was really good. Do you run with two hands or one hand on the ground? Two, because I'm a bit nervous about spinning him off into the (laughs) bushes. Um, But I just got it, yeah, I just set the pram up to a really good height, really comfortable height, and then pushing it was just super smooth and, like, easy. Like, the next day I felt a little bit in my shoulders, but, like, really not. That's probably from holding the. Yeah, I'd say from holding. Like, I felt it in my shoulders, but I'd already been feeling because I've been, like, kind of holding my shoulder. So what yeah. you're saying is that you're just got a younger, more agile body than I. Most definitely not. <laughs> you are younger than me, though, so perhaps. Oh, by a month. <laughs> <laughs> it counts. It doesn't. Now, people who've listened to our podcast previously might have just noticed that there was a real change in tone for someone's comments about their pram this week. Yeah, look at how much I've grown. <laughs> oh, <wow. laughs> 
I'm going to say it really quickly. And if you miss it, you miss it. I got a new pram. <laughs> no, I got, we got a new pram. I, like I was really unhappy with the pram and like it wasn't working for us and it just wasn't what I wanted it to be. We made the decision we're going to press ahead and get a new pram and I have absolutely no regrets. The new one is amazing and I love it. But a pram is something that you have to use every day. If like, yeah, exactly. And I have to use it every day this year and then I will keep using it next year. Mm-hmm. And then we will use it again for the next baby if the, if we are lucky yeah. enough to have another baby. So that's what we did was like, we were like, do we cut our losses and get a new one and get the right one, the one that's going to be a fit for our family and a fit for me? I'm the one who has to use it all the time. Mm-hmm. So a dinky pram that wasn't working for me. And hurting your back. And was irritating. Like it was it was bothering me so much that I couldn't do stuff with the pram that I wanted to do. But yeah, I just have absolutely no regrets about swapping out for the for the the better pram in my view. And the old pram went to a good home. It's gone to a good home. So exactly. So feel good about that. Yeah, like I think sometimes you know, you should just kind of suck it up and mm-hmm. go, this is the one I got and I'm going to live with it because I can. Yeah. And then I think in this instance, this was one of those moments where it's like, oh, but we don't have to put up with it and mm-hmm. I don't want to. And we yeah. didn't. it was frustrating me so continuously. And then this new one, I do not have any complaints about it. I love uh, it. Is there a recommendation to be made? Yeah, or? sure. The Bugaboo Fox. It's amazing. Oh, I've heard of these Bugaboo ones. Yeah. Like I thought Bugaboos were like, oh, Bugaboos. Like I thought they were a bit snooty. Uh-huh. Um, and maybe it is snooty. I don't care. Like uh-huh. I'll be snooty about it. I love my pram. I mm-hmm. love it. I love my little well, fox. I'm, I'm, I'm glad that you love it more than the last one because the last one was clearly causing you problems. Like, it was just like it was so I mean, irritating. To if me. we could go back and look at the amount of times the previous pram was mentioned on the podcast, I think it's probably more than either our names. <laughs> <laughs> it was too many. It was it was an, an annoyance, and I'm really glad I upgraded. Really, I'm happy glad. About it. Yeah, I'm glad. Yeah, I I do feel like we started off today talking about social media, and we went around the world on so many different tangents. Social media, socialism. Maybe we should change the title to that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> Done. Um, where have we landed on social media, though? Like, where have you landed on it? Are you – like, I'm back on it and I probably to the same level of problematic <laughs> use as same. before. Like, it didn't inspire me to, like, ditch it completely. No. Um, maybe there's, like, a – like, I'm, I'm po- pro- possibly slightly more critical about my time on it, as in I'm, like – I'm sitting there, I might be scrolling, and then I think to myself, why am I doing this? I could be doing something a bit more productive. Um, But I don't think that actually happened in that week. I think that happened when I started using it again and I saw just how quickly Mm -hmm. I slipped into using it again without even thinking about it. And And the fact that I hadn't actually ever stepped off it because, as it turns out, Pinterest is social media. Um. But, yeah, I think for me it's been more of a, like, a reflection moment and I'm like, this is really taking up a lot of prime time in my life. Yeah. And, and not even prime time, but just time, even dead time. It could be used for other things. It just could be used for other things. Like, and, and this week I've actually been more productive than the week that I had off social media. Mm. 
because instead of trying to think about creative ways to get around the social media rule, like deleting my emails and checking everything else, yeah, I um, I've just been like, I'm just gonna put my phone down. Mm-hmm. I'm just gonna put it down, and I'm gonna do something else instead. I think that might be a good solution because for me, it was a real eye opener that I just switched to something different. Yeah, that was equally as useless. <laughs> Fished them. Yeah. And and that I got to the point where I deleted all the I deleted all these games from my phone. Yeah. Because and I never was really someone who played a lot of games, but it was just when I was looking for something to just kill time. And not that I need to kill time. There are so many things that I need to be doing. I think that's my problem as well, is I don't have time to kill. <gasps> is it just procrastinating? Yeah. Is it that we just need to work out how to not be procrastinators? Oh maybe. Oh my god, that sounds like there's an episode in that. I would welcome any tips about uh, stopping procrastination because I have always been a hardcore procrastinator. I think it's routine, but we should we should <gasps> save, save it for another yeah. episode. Okay, actually, I need to go. <laughs> go to your baby. <laughs> I'm going to go home to the baby. But this has been really nice. It has been so nice. It's always so nice to hang with you and chat with you. Aww. And even nicer when we get to do it in the flesh. Oh, I know. We haven't seen each other for so long. Yeah, it's been a while. It's nice. Nice to catch up. Well, hopefully it's not too long before we do it again soon. Yeah, hope so. Was there anything you actually wanted to say that I just cut you off? No. Are you happy that I... I don't even remember what I said. This is like the story of my life. I don't even remember the last thing I said. So... At least you can remember what you scrolled through this morning. (laughs) (laughs) I think it just ended there. All right. Love you, mate. I love you. You've been listening to the Unsolicited Advice Podcast, brought to you by the Unsolicited Advice column. For more information, head on over to our Instagram or to get in touch, leave a Spotify voicemail. Thanks for listening.